paranormal investigators take their jobs very seriously. When someone has been doing it for years, there are always fun and spooky stories to enjoy. This Halloween, we present our interview with Leon from El Paso Ghost Tours. He shares how he became a paranormal investigator, some of his creepiest stories, and how his profession has affected him and his family. Next, on Technically a Conversation. You're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Isela. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. I'm really excited to share this interview with our listeners. Tell them about it, Isela. Last month, we had the privilege of interviewing Leon from El Paso Ghost Tours. He shared with us how he became a paranormal investigator and a few of his amazing stories. If you're a fan of the paranormal, you'll definitely want to listen to this interview. Much like our other specials, this episode is brought to you commercial-free thanks to a generous donation from the LexCorp Corporation. LexCorp, let's build a better tomorrow today. If you're in the El Paso, Texas area, you can book a tour at El Paso Ghost Tours and meet Leon and listen to his stories firsthand. Links to his website and socials are in the show notes. Without further ado, here's our interview with Leon from El Paso Ghost Tours. Hope you enjoy and happy Halloween. Well, thank you very much, Leon, for joining us on our podcast. What inspired you to start doing ghost tours? Well, so about 10, 11 years ago, I think it was 2011, my daughter was visiting from out of town and, you know, she's a teenager. And I decided, you know, hey, you know, we'll, we'll do something at night. She likes to be out at night. And this is a safe environment with me to go out and do something cool. And we just happened to find in the newspaper or something that there was this thing called El Paso Ghost Tours. I'd never been on a ghost tour. I'd never done anything like that. I watched the TV shows. I thought they were very interesting. So what I expected was I expected to show up somewhere and we'd walk and talk and point at the buildings and they'll tell us some creepy stories and, you know, we'd go home and, wow, that was pretty cool. But when I got there, we showed up in this old place called the Percolator and we watched a video and, you know, they said some of the things that you might witness, you know, screams and, you know, just stuff. And I'm like, what are they even talking about? You know, okay, that's cool. So we took a walk. And we went inside the Gardner Hotel and I, in the basement. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. We're actually going inside. And these guys started pulling out some of the older type equipment because it's older stuff. And this, you know, the equipment changes so quick in this industry. But they started pulling out the K2 and, and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, really? This is pretty interesting. My adrenaline was flowing. I was so excited. Uh, the Gardener is a cool place. Um, you kind of have to know how to draw out the energies, to draw out the spirits to talk to you and stuff. But these guys knew how to do it. And they got the, what they call a shack hack. It's a spirit box made out of an old radio shack radio. And they break off one of the pins inside and it continually scans. They got no control over the speed or anything like that. And it's noisy and, you know, just old. But it worked. And they asked questions and they were getting answers that correlated with the 
with the question. They asked, hey, what do you like to drink? And it said, whiskey. I was like, all right, how are they doing this? Yeah, how are they doing this? Because I didn't really believe all that stuff. I mean, I mean, I should because of my background a long time ago. Get into that later if you want. But I thought they were faking it kind of for some reason. But then we left that place. And I was kind of impressed. I was like, this is okay. This might be real. Like, this might be for real. And then we went into, uh, I think we went in somewhere else. I can't remember where. But then we ended up going into the DeSoto Hotel. We started off in the hallway, you know, upstairs. There's nobody living on the first floor. A little bit of a different footprint. It was used for kind of like storage and stuff like that. And we went in there and the guys were giving us, the tour guides were giving us the um, uh, safety briefing sort of. And as we're standing there, the, the light source, all the lights are off in that place, but the only light source is in our hands. We're carrying our, you know, I had my own flashlight. I wanted to get into it, you know, and I had my own little cheap flashlight. And, you know, the other guys, the tour guides also had their flashlights. We had them all pointed to the ceiling to kind of illuminate the place. And we started hearing noise at the back of the hall. And we're like, huh, did you hear that? Like footsteps. Okay, cool. And I'm like, okay, it's nothing really. But I saw a shadow, just a flit of a purplish black zip across the, the back of the hall. I'm like, oh, that, okay, that could be like headlights. No, it can't be headlights. I, yeah, I couldn't really explain <laughs> it. But then the big moment happened about, about three minutes later, not even five, like three minutes later, when a full seven foot tall shadow, thin, your classic shadow creature, shadow person, leans out of a doorway down the hall, probably about uh, 15, 20 feet, not far. 15, 20 feet from us, it leans out and it just looks at us. I had my camera, you know, right, ready to go. And I had, I was holding it, my finger on the button. And I was in such shock that I was seeing what I was seeing for three whole seconds. It leaned out there and stared at us. And then it went back in that room and I didn't even take a picture. Oh, you froze. (laughs) I froze. I didn't, because I did not believe in shadow people. I didn't believe in shadow creatures. I didn't believe in that. I believed in some ghost stuff, but not that. And I was shocked. And then when we got down in the basement, other things happened. My daughter saw a full-body apparition of a guy standing right next to her. She described him wearing a white shirt, suspenders, glasses, tall guy. And I didn't see him, but she saw him because I was afraid to look. Because if I looked, he'd disappear. You know, so I just took my camera and went, she took a picture, you know, towards that. And she looked again. She goes, he's gone. Oh, darn. And he's, but the way she said it was, there's a guy standing next to me, and he's not on the tour. And oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. That's a you know, good way to put it. I was like, okay, this is legit. Okay, I've seen what I've seen, and I've witnessed some of the really cool things. And back then, it wasn't super, super active, but things would pop up every once in a while. You'd have three or four, maybe five activity high points. And other than that, it was pretty quiet, and the tour guides are trying to draw it out, and they're you know, talking to them, tell them don't be afraid, all that stuff. And uh, talking to the regular ones that are there, stuff like that. And then, you know, I said, well, I, I have to be a part of this. Yeah. This is my chance to be a part of this. So I started talking to the tour guides. And over time, I was going on every tour I could. Back then, we'd do it Thursday, Friday, and one Saturday a month, or every other Saturday in Las Cruces at the Amador. And I went to that. I went to all the tours I could possibly go to, calling in sick at work. To, so I go to the tour, you know, start building my own equipment, full spectrum cameras. I was doing all that stuff. I looked like a kook because I was wearing some of those ear earmuffs that you can, you know, like for shooting, that you turn up the volume 
You know, you could turn the volume way down or whatever, but you can make it super sensitive. And I was turning that all the way up. I was hearing more stuff, but I couldn't share it with anybody because nobody else could hear it, you know, (laughs) but then these guys took notice and they said, we're going to have tryouts in two weeks. We'll get a hold of you. Give us your information. They didn't get a hold of me. So the day before I got a hold of them and I said, are you guys having tryouts? Cause I'm really interested. And they said, yes. And that's what we were waiting for is for you to get a hold of us because you're really interested. So I was like, oh, I like these guys. Initiative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. So about 10 of us showed up uh, to the Amador. We spent the night in the Amador. Uh, they kind of trained us a little bit. Uh, and they split us up into two groups as a female group and a male group. And, you know, uh, when one group was investigating, the other one would be um, in the tactical operations center, you know, communicating and watching the cameras and marking stuff on paper, whatever. And so we all made it. And so we were part of the group and I was still so uh, nervous about it. I was working midnights and I felt tired and I didn't want to go on the tour, but I didn't want to go weak. And I didn't want to be part of it. Every time I said, I'd call them up. Hey, is it okay if I come out? And finally, and this is like four or five times I did this, like an idiot. And, and finally the guy <laughs> says, Matt, he goes, dude, you're part of the team. Just show up. And I was like, <laughs> okay, good. I'm part of the team. Okay, it's for real. You know, and I did this for a few years. And as a matter of fact, uh, I became like the lead tour guide. And so I learned all the history of where we were walking on our routes to these places. I learned all the history so I could entertain people on the way. And they were kind of doing that before, but I really wanted to hit it hardcore. So anyway, uh, the old owner, this guy named Daniel, uh, he got transferred out of El Paso. And so he's like, I'm going to shut down the tours unless you want it. And I was like, I am not ready to be a business owner. I don't know anything (laughs) about that stuff. And he's like, well, I'm shutting it down tomorrow. So you need to go to the courthouse tomorrow and re-register and get the license. And I was like, oh, my God, because somebody's going to steal that. You know, El Paso Ghost Tours, you know, that's kind of solid, you know. Yeah. So I went down there and I got it. And oh, my God, I did all my homework. And I did so much work trying to figure it out, all the taxes and got the all that, everything, legit. And so, yeah, I just took over and, you know, I had to go for a while. I had to uh, basically reestablish all of our contact points, you know, all the buildings. And some of them are like, we don't want to do it anymore. And, oh, man, you know, so, but at about the same time, Ghost Adventures was here. And they filmed in the DeSoto, Concordia also, but they filmed in the DeSoto. And one of my... uh one of the people that used to go on the tour a lot, he showed up there. He wanted to meet Zach and he showed up there and he met him and stuff like that. But then while he was there, he talked to the owner of the building and he says, Hey, I know these guys and they'd really like to come back to the DeSoto. Are you open to going back to the DeSoto, you know, or letting them come in? And the guy's like, Oh yeah, yeah. We'd love to do that. You know, we had to pay, but yeah, of course, but (laughs) yeah, we, we, we started doing it, you know, at that point. And, the show hadn't even come out yet, but everybody knew that they had been here. And so we did a lot of tours and we had a lot of people go through there. They wanted to witness it. When the show came out, a lot more people showed up. And we had a good year that year, you know, but over a period of time, just kind of a side note, over a period of time, we were able, able to cultivate a trust with the with the spirits, the ghosts uh, that were there and other things that were there at the DeSoto. And... It got to a point where as soon as we were walking down the stairs, sometimes you would see something zip by, 
like <laughs> trying to get out of our way, you know, wow. you'd see the shadow just go yeah. by. Uh, sometimes we would walk down into the the main basement room. And before we even turn the lights, I would give them like a safety briefing, the rules and stuff like that. And we would get down inside there and you would see the shadows already. And I'd have to stop because somebody's like, there's a guy standing in that other room looking at us, <laughs> you know? And I'm, I'm like, there is nobody down here. You know, I, you could trust me on that. We're going to go back there later and you're going to be able to see. And, you know, it's just, it became normal. Wow. Is it fair to say like they almost have a memory where they're like, oh, okay, we remember this person yeah. and this group and they're trustworthy and we feel okay to come out. Yeah. Yeah. It got to the point. Um, we were communicating with this one guy named Dave. It seems like they're all named Dave. It's really weird. Uh, but we're t- so if you're named Dave, you're going to be a ghost, okay? Yeah. Just to accept it. Uh, no, but um, it. they told us at this other place. As a matter of fact, it's, it's pretty close to where we're at right now. Uh, it's a few buildings over. Uh, they told us they don't, they don't use names on their side. You know, so they just pick a name Dave, I guess. I don't know. And But we communicated with him over time, and he changed from being – kind of a jerk to just being a regular guy. Because I had told him, I said, if you want to pass and you want to go to your next level, wherever that is and whatever that is, you need to be a better person. And eventually he started, you know, we had regular conversations, not long conversations, of course, but we had normal communication instead of hateful. And the last time I tried to get a hold of him, he was... uh, And if you guys hear that noise, it's somebody scooting something upstairs. Oh, okay. So (laughs) before we go too much further... I think we should explain where we're at because we're not in the typical recording space that we normally do our podcast. So can you tell us, Leon, uh, where we're recording from right now? We are recording from the basement of the Gateway Hotel. Uh, this is where I, I like to do my tours. I pay rent here. It's not like I'm sneaking in. But um, we're finding that this place is very active. As a matter of fact, while we're sitting here, I'm seeing things move around at the back of the room. And I'm sure you guys are looking over my eyes and seeing things behind me too. I was like, was that my hair? And I was like, no, that wasn't my hair. (laughs) Yes. So yeah. So we are, we are, (laughs) we are live from the combat zone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We've definitely heard some kind of interesting noises. So that's been a lot of fun being here. Hopefully the, the microphones will be able to pick some of that up. Oh yeah. I hope so. But yeah, back to my story. Uh, Dave, the last time I communicated with him, I said, Dave, where are you? Are you here? And somebody said, he's not here. And I said, can you go get Dave? You know, we're talking on the spirit box. I mm-hmm. said, can you go get Dave? I just want to say hi. And then all of a sudden you hear, it's the same voice. You hear, what? Like that. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't know like you were chilling in a hot tub, you know, some girl. I don't I don't know what you do on your side. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll leave you alone. Jeez. You know, nice knowing you, though. <laughs> right, yeah. He was in Hawaii. I mean, that's my heaven, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of, that's how I got started. And that's, you know, kind of how I'm learning things. I'm learning things actually from, from the spirits. I found out ghost, the word ghost, is sort of derogatory. Oh, wow. They don't like being called ghosts. It's, it's kind of like, oh, you're a ghost, right. you know? Uh, it's They like being called, or most of them, they like being called spirits. That makes sense. You know, not spirit. But spirits, oh, plural, so individual spirits. Uh, some of them, you know, I've I asked, "Who are you? What's your name?" And they said, "Soul." You know, so oh, it indicates wow. that they don't use names and they call themselves just a soul. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, it's really. I mean, it's so complex. You know, that's it's a whole different world. You know, it's, we can't know any of it. Right. You know, we just know just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
So what would you say has been kind of the most profound thing that you feel like they have taught you? We have done deep dives in these conversations with them. We just took advantage of the situation. The communication was good. It was during a tour. It was way over people's heads. But we asked them questions. And we asked too many because something actually came out. I don't want to say his name, but it came out. And it wanted us to stop. Oh, got it. We're getting too many pictures of full body apparitions. Our guests were getting the pictures. I got a picture, maybe two, I can't remember. I know one for sure of it's a dude sitting in a wheelchair. You can see his mustache. You can see the part in his hair. You can see everything. And I got that picture. I'm like, wow. And our guests were getting, hey, what is this? It's like, it's a kid, you know, and, and we were getting too much. And we were asking questions that we don't have a right to know on our side, you know, because if you ruin faith and you know there is something next, then it kind of ruins the religious aspect of people's lives. It ruins the, the the genuine goodness that people try to be. You fake it so you can go to heaven, you know? And, you know, they don't want that type of people on the next side, whatever that is. So you almost crossed a line if you were being t- asking too many questions. Yeah, we did cross the line. You know, we, we learned a lot. And, you know, it was just, and it was from them. They didn't care to a point. I think they got punished on their side. Because they said, you know, they started saying this person, that entity's name or what he calls himself. And we're like, are you, are you afraid of him? And through the spirit box, it said, we are terrified. (sighs) You know, so it was one of those things where, uh, all right, they're getting in trouble. And we got an EVP years ago. We're saying, do something, make a noise, speak to us, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it said, I can't. It hurts me. So whatever it is doesn't want our two sides or however many sides they have over there and us, the living, to mix. To mingle. Yeah. But we we were, um, I mean, it sounds like I'm a crazy person, but we <laughs> no. were given permission to go only so far with everything. So basically, we observe, we interact. We do not rescue. We cannot rescue. They're, we're not allowed to. Uh, we can talk to them and we can... Um, see if they'll talk back to us. They can only say, they can only say so much. Something just passed right behind you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he was close to. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, no, you're good. But yeah, deep, deep, uh, sort of a, over the heads of a lot of uh, people who enjoy this sort of thing. It gets real serious sometimes. There are risks to it. Uh, and we can take it only so far before people start paying the price on both sides. So yeah, we learned some profound things. That's interesting how we can learn still from the, from I the guess, dead. unliving. Yeah, the dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you had mentioned earlier that you felt like you should have believed, but you kind of didn't. Was that just because you didn't have experience with like shadow creatures and yeah i you know sometimes like if you if if you if you go into an environment like this and you don't know what to look out for and you've never seen it before you're not going to see it very easily somebody has to point it out and say that is exactly what we're looking for you know in the case of what happened just now it was like a shadow that was very 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 transparent but it had like this sort of leading sharp edge to it so i could see that more than the rest of it so i just saw this arc of shadow go past and if you didn't know what to watch out for and you'd never seen it, you wouldn't know. 
You would never see it. So there's a good chance that, yes, I have seen them, but I just didn't know. I didn't know what I was looking at. You know, I just didn't recognize it. When I was in the military, I was stationed in Hawaii and I was stationed in Hickam Air Force Base. I think it's called something else now. I was in a hangar. You know, I was one of those maintenance guys and I was working in a hangar and I'd be in there middle of the night by myself. And yet I would hear people, several people, not just like one person walking, but several people talking, having conversations, whistling, singing, you know, just everything. You couldn't understand any of it, but you could hear the noises it's like echoes. Somebody's in here doing this, but you can only hear the echo, not the person. And so that's what I was hearing. I was like, you know, okay. Uh, they said it was haunted. It's not bothering me any, you know? And uh, so I just hear it and it's just curious. I was the only guy in the hangar. You know, it's like three o'clock in the morning. There's nobody roaming around out there. And one day I just was sitting there and I was in this cubicle area, little office area, and I was staring out into the hangar, writing notes or something about my job. And I was just staring at this door that's at the opposite end of the hangar. And it's like one of those pass-through doors that, uh, it's a big metal one, like two-sided big metal door. Very unique sound. The only one in the hangar. And I hear it open and close. Bam. And I'm looking at it like, I heard that, but it didn't move. And I was like, oh, these are just echoes. Now we call them residuals, a residual haunting. Back then, I didn't know what it was. You know, I was just like, oh, this is just echoes. That's all this is. There's no weird things that are going to come get me or anything like that. You know, so going on the tour, I should have expected to see things and all that stuff. But, you know, I, tell you, I didn't know we were even going to go in buildings. Yeah. You know, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> So you had mentioned about the apparition that was kind of uh, clear, a little more transparent. And then uh, you had mentioned the shadow figures that are kind of dark. Right. Do, do we know what the difference is between the two? Well, you know, uh, sort of my theory uh, with uh, my experience with them, and I, I've seen a lot, is that they're – so shadow people, shadow creatures are not humans. They never were humans. Uh, they're never going to be humans. They're not angels. They're not demons. You know, my personal belief is they're some sort of living creature. Um, it's just they they live off of energy. Uh, they have defense mechanisms. Uh, their camouflage when people are around is to take the shape of a person so they can kind of mix in. Um, when, like if you're chasing it, which we've done, if you're chasing it, it will take the shape of something else. Uh, like it'll just kind of melt. It'll, it'll cling to the ceiling. You'll just see a darker area of the ceiling, but you're not thinking anything of it. It's just the lighting, you know, but tomorrow you come back, that dark spot is not there anymore and it can spread out. Uh, the other day I was, uh, we were seeing something going on inside one of the hallways in here from one of the main rooms. So I grabbed one of the guests. I said, you're going to be my witness. Let's go see, make sure there's no actual person back here hiding. And so we went back there, even though we already did a security sweep, we're going to do it again. So my guests can see that there's not, we're not faking anything, you know? And uh, so I took him back there. Unfortunately, I got to the intersection of these two hallways before he did. And I shine my flashlight down there and I see this like black mass, rather large, probably five feet tall, kind of wide. And it just filters its way through a bunch of stuff that's being stored down here, like wood or, you know, a bunch of shelves stacked up. It just filters right through it. And it, it almost came into pieces to go through this thing right between the little slats of the, of the shelves to disappear. And I was like, well, that's a new one on me. I mean, I knew what I saw and I was like, okay, I didn't know they could do that. You know, but yeah, they just right through stuff. They're not humans. They don't have a human intellect. Uh, they're more like animals. 
and uh, they can understand body language. They cannot understand human language of any sort. Uh, but if you look at them, they will duck out of the way. Oh, wow. they, they understand that, you know, and if you approach one or if you see one go into a room or like a small room and you see it go in there and you go after it, as soon as you hit that threshold of that doorway, it makes you terrified. It's like a skunk with the scent. So it wants you to get away from it. I see. So is that what you had mentioned before we were recording with that sulfur type of um, like residue that you can kind of smell? So yeah, that's, it's kind of different. They don't have, as far as I know, like I've never experienced them giving off any sort of odor or smell. Mm. Uh, a lot of people think if you smell, you know, sulfur, brimstone, then that's a demon. Uh, well, it's not really like that. So it's, it's more like rotten meat, garbage, the bottom of a dumpster behind a restaurant. You know, it's horrible, horrible smell. And it, it can be strong or it can be weak, but you definitely smell it. Uh, so when we encounter something like that, we use a lot of caution because we don't know what kind of demon, I guess. Uh, we don't know what it is, you know, so we're not going to try to you know, piss it off. Right. No, that's <laughs> smart. <laughs> I would know? imagine. But in some places, like at the DeSoto, we would smell sulfur. And that sulfur smell is very strong. Sometimes make your eyes water, like horrible. <gasps> and it was like, you can definitely smell it. But it would show up in different places in the building, in that basement. It wouldn't just show up, you know, because some people say, oh, it's a leaky pipe. You got hydrogen sulfide coming out of the pipe or rotten materials coming out of the pipe. Well, it would show up in other places where it never showed up before. Like, okay, if that's a leaky pipe, it should be just in that area. But then it'd be there and it'd be gone. And, you know, sometimes we would get chased out of the room because it was just too horrible. We couldn't stand it. It hurt. You know, so we, I think that was some other human entity trying to pretend that it was evil. He probably wasn't a nice guy, but you know what I'm saying. Right, right. Speaking about being chased out of a room, what's one of the craziest or scariest things that you've encountered while being on a ghost tour? Well, that didn't happen too long ago. It was before the DeSoto burned down. And I actually tell people this during the tour when we're standing in front of the DeSoto. When we were doing the tour, they we were in the back room. And uh, so while we were in there, uh, my one of my investigators said, where are you? And they're like, hey, hey, Leon, where are you? And I said, I'm, I'm back here. Like I was at the far back of the room, just staying out of everybody's way, letting them enjoy the experiences and stuff like that. And I just wanted to get out of the way. And so I was just back there and I was kind of observing. And, you know, the lights are off. But we got just enough light in there. We, we, we set the lights up so you can kind of see a little bit. And um, it just seems to work so much better. But as we're sitting there, I'm in the back and she's like, where, where are you? And I said, I'm back here. And she goes, no, you're, you're, you're up here with us. I said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm back here. And I was like, nope. <laughs> and some of the other people are like, we saw you and you walked through the group a couple of times. You know, and I was, you know, my normal tour attires, a ball cap and a black shirt and shorts, you know, in the summertime. And they said, no, you were up here. You were walking through the group, you know, a, a few times. And I, I was like, no, um, I know where I'm at. I'm back here, guys. And I, you know, shine my flashlight on right here. And they're like, okay, well, something's up here. It looks just like you. So, <laughs> so wild. Right away, I didn't like it. And I couldn't see it. And everybody else could see it. I couldn't see it as me, you know, it looked like me. So that's kind of weird. I don't know what it means. But at the end of the tour, myself and one of the other investigators, uh, Autumn, I said, let's go in the back. Let's make sure there's nobody back here. Nobody trying to stay. They've done that before. Yeah. And so we went all the way back in the back, you know, looked around, did a sweep of the place. We're like, all right, everybody's out of here. 
And then we walk back to the front and I'm putting my equipment back in the case and I'm just about to shut the case and we hear very aggressive footsteps walking towards us from the back room. Oh, just wow. bam, 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 fast. Like they were on a mission. And I was like, we got to go. Let's go now. And I closed <laughs> my case up and we jetted. Holy. We ran ran for the for the stairway and we went up the stairway. And for some reason, I don't know why she did this. I give her a hard time about it. Uh, she decided to ask me a question. She stops in the stairway and I turns around, says something. And I'm like, go. Yeah. <laughs> Not a time for interviews. <laughs> and I said, and then just then I hear a big stomp on the bottom step. I felt it in my feet. I'm like, I spun around like somebody didn't just step on the step, man. They kicked it hard. And I turned around. The lights are still on. I can't see anything but air. And I just turned around I'm like, no, you will not come with us. You cannot follow us. You need to stay here. I was very forceful with it. And I said, go, go, go. And she ran up and I ran behind her. And I'm telling one of my other guys, I said, shut the door, shut the door. <laughs> and he's stalling. I said, no, shut it. And I grab it and I slam the door. I said, go, go, go. And we ran out because I'm terrified at this point. This ain't something I've dealt with before. And it's aggressive. And I didn't know what was going to happen. We ran outside. Locked the front door. And I told the team, guys, oh, my God, this happened. And they're like, oh, yeah, we saw the guy. You know, we saw whatever it was. It looked like you. you. So it was there. I said, yes, yeah, something chased us out. Something was running after us. Uh, it's not nice. It's pretty aggressive. Yeah. And uh, sorry, I just saw another one. <laughs> uh, darn it. Yeah, I saw you look over there. So <laughs> yeah. Like, I see it. So, sorry for the interruption, guys. No, um, no, no. no. So we know if we see your doppelganger, it's probably not a good thing. Not a good thing. I mean, we went outside and I told him what happened. And then Liz, she's looking inside the hallway and she's another one of my investigators. She's, she's pretty sensitive. She, her eyes just got big. And I said, Liz, what did you see? And she goes, I just saw you run up to the door, look at all of us, turn around and run back down the hallway. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. Let's get the sage out. So <laughs> cleansing each other. I had nightmares that night. And wow. we've seen some crazy stuff, but most of the time it's not like that. I mean, once I, the, inside that basement, there was a closet. There was trash in there from the 1960s. <gasps> so it had not been cleaned for a long time. And nobody wants to go in that closet. Some psychic came out and said, it's a portal. I kind of believe it. But I was walking towards it. I said, I'm going to approach that. I'm going to see what happens when I approach that uh, closet. And I tell people, stay away from the closet. It's not a good place to be. And I walked up to that closet and I just felt this rush of very negative energy, terrifying feeling. And I stop and I jump back. And one of my other investigators, she's very, very like psychic, you know, she's you know, a, a very good, accurate uh, energy reader, or I don't even know how to say it. She right. can talk with them. Oh, wow. And She's, she says, Leon, get back. Go. She says, it's going to get you. And it's, I can't remember the exact words, but it was to the effect of it's going to get you. And I, that, at that same moment is when I felt that energy and everything. And I jumped back. I said, Oh my God. I said, what was that? But in that closet, like coming, are you shining your flashlight in the closet? It's just a closet. You, you, you know, whatever, you know, it, it's just a closet, but. When the lights are off and you got the lights set up just the right way, you can see some stuff coming out. We saw one time, you know how the Grinch has those furry, long, mm -hmm. sticky, or those, those pointy fingers? Right. Mm -hmm. We saw that, but it was black. 
And it's like on the edge of the door, and you know, the door jam, and it just, the fingers were probably six inches long and they just slid back into the doorway. And then a few minutes later, we saw it again, but it was on the top of the doorway. And I was like, wow, that is cool. Like that is, I didn't know something like that would exist. You know, like the details of a shadow figure or something. You don't think of that stuff. You just think the whole thing. And in here, we're seeing these really long, pointy fingers. Wow. I'm like, that is straight out of some Japanese horror movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. That is awesome. That's a visual for sure. <laughs> wow. Whatever it is can stay there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so interesting. <laughs> All right, now we're delving on something completely. It's not just like a lady in white walking through the room and going, boo. We're right. talking about some weird stuff. You know, and, and I wasn't the only one to see it. There were several people that were standing near that area that saw that stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> so if that was in the basement of that building that, well, I mean, I guess it's not totally fully burnt down, mm -hmm. but I would imagine that it would still be there even though the building is, I guess, in disarray. Yeah, most of it's still there. If you walk by there, you can actually still see the shadows move past the window sometimes, even in the daytime. You can still see it. They're still there. Uh, not, I don't know that all of them are still there, mm -hmm. but a lot of them are still there or some. I mean, we've seen them, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and we'll be doing the tour and I'll tell people, watch those windows. And then people will be like, oh my God. And they'll see something. Like, Where, which window did you see it? You know, and they're like, oh, I saw it in that window and somebody else will pipe up. Yeah, I, I saw it too. I thought it was my eyes, you know? So yeah, it's still active. I mean, it's not a safe place. There's so much. Uh, like when the when the building was burning, of course the fire you know, the firefighters were spraying water. All that water probably went to the basement. It's probably got so much nasty mold and stuff in there right now. But they're gutting the building right now. They're doing everything right. They're going to rebuild the building. It's going to be expensive, but they're going to rebuild it. It's not the first time that building caught on fire. It's it's actually externally I can't remember what they call it. Uh, ex, uh, externally load bearing. So the internal parts. It's it, those buildings back then were designed to burn and be rebuilt. So it's still in pretty good shape. I think it just saved the owner a lot of uh, trouble by gutting itself. That's wild. Yeah, it's not safe to be around. So if anybody's listening and wants to get a thrill, yeah, yeah not a good idea. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> you may not come out. They're going to find human remains in there and it's going to be you. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. And what kind of... I guess, um, admonishments do you have? Like, do you ever give warnings to people that say like, oh my God, I want to try ghost hunting on my own or something like oh, that? Oh yeah, that's a good question actually. Um, because a lot of people don't understand that it, it can be dangerous. It can have consequences. Um, not only can you fall through the floor, you know, into the basement and not get out ever again, be eaten by snakes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the least of your worries. If the place is truly haunted, if the stories about really bad things being in there are true and you go in there, especially alone, not knowing what you're doing or thinking you know what you're doing, really bad things can happen to you. Maybe not right away. It could happen uh, later on down the road. Something can attach itself to you. You, you know, you hear about the the Warrens and, you know, the, the, the demon hunter type people. Mm -hmm. They don't explain what a risk that sort of thing is because something gets attached to you. Okay. At first it's kind of cute. You know, they're, they're making the, the door rattle or something like that, but eventually it starts getting worse and worse. And, and eventually you're having all kinds of bad luck, everything you can imagine. It's not just happening to you. It's happening to your family members. Bad things are happening to them. They don't understand what's going on. It's your fault. 
you did this. You caused them that pain because you went into that building and you thought you knew what you were doing. You didn't have the protection you needed and you provoked and you just wanted a little thrill. You didn't want to have a little rock thrown at you or something like that. And now your life is a living hell because something got a hold of you. So huge risks involved. People right. don't even fathom how bad it can be. I mean, in my case, you know, just doing this and, and stepping over the line back then and doing stuff like that, you know, maybe what I'm doing right now is going to put my soul in jeopardy uh, later on. You know, maybe some of these bad entities that I've been, you know, taunting or I used to taunt, maybe they hold a grudge. And they can wait a long time for me to end up on their side. You know, I may just blink out of this world and all of a sudden I'm being jumped by yeah. 10 <laughs> bad things beating my butt. Right. <laughs> you know, it could happen. So it's very, very, very risky. Uh, if you want to get involved in something like that, you need to find an established team and you need to inquire with them and be kind about it. Don't be a jerk, but ask them, how can you? You know, take me under your wing. I want to learn these things. I want to, I want to learn about this stuff. I want to witness these things that you're witnessing. I want to be part of this. And if they're good, they're going to bring you in and they're going to train you the right way, help you learn about the protections that you need, that you really, really need. And in the cleansings and stuff like that to keep you safe. Yeah. That's good. Okay. That's good to know. You mentioned, um, some of the things that you do might put you at risk or your family. What does your family think about what you do? My oldest child, he's a, he's a paranormal investigator now. Okay. So he's been doing it for probably six, seven years. And uh, there's, he's up in Montana. There's like a small group of people over there. Some of them, it's not, I can't say small. It's a pretty big team. And they don't use everybody all the time for every investigation. So he gets to be part of that sometimes. He's, he's, you know, he's picking my brain, asking me stuff like that sometimes and finding out, you know, hey, what's the best uh, route to deal with this sort of situation, you know, that sort of thing, you know, so that's cool. Uh, my family supports it. My mom loves to hear the stories, you know, and she's actually been on a tour with me. Uh, she was like, I saw a little girl, you know, that's pretty neat. You know, and I was like, you saw Sarah. That's pretty cool. Like very rarely she gets to be seen. So she picked you. So that's pretty cool. Um, my dad doesn't believe in, in, uh, in ghosts. He says, uh, yet he tells me about, you know, some of the ghost stories he's witnessed, you know, so that's kind of funny. It's interesting that your mom saw, you said Sarah, and then your dad has also had some experiences. I've heard that people who are sensitive, I guess, to that other side, it's almost like a hereditary thing. It could be from like either your parent, a grandparent. Is that the case, I guess? Yes, uh, we did an investigation and and it's it, like like this whole thing has been a learning process that goes over time, you know, I'm, I'm learning more and more. And this was, oh, I don't know, probably five, six years ago. So we, we were trying to, it, it's kind of like putting together a puzzle without knowing what's on the face, you know, putting it together a puzzle upside down. We're trying to figure out how these things, these things that these people are witnessing, how they fit together into this whole picture. And we had, we got a call from a lady. She said, my daughter's seeing things in the house. She's seeing, you know, an old man. She's seeing this, she's seeing that. And sometimes she's scared because she says she sees a monster. The child's four. And so we, um, we talked to the mom and we did an investigation. And one of my, <laughs> one of my uh, investigators, he dropped the F-bomb right 
in front of everybody. Uh, he was getting a drink of water, and he turned around and he just dropped it, ah, like loud. I'm like, <laughs> Art, stop! <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, she's poor. And he he said, he goes, dude, I just I thought it was your daughter. I thought your daughter was walking down the stairs. He she, he goes, I saw a little girl. She's walking down the stairs, and she got down to the foyer foyer, uh, and looked around and just disappeared. He says, I just thought it was your daughter. And, you know, to the, to the, to the client. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, that's one of the claims. Okay. That's pretty cool. And we never caught it on camera, but you know, they're slick, man. They hardly ever get caught on camera. Yeah. Uh, but the little girl came out and, uh, she needed to use the restroom. And so she talked to our tech that was or the person that was watching our, the cameras, Jackie. And she goes, can, can you take me to the bathroom? And she goes, well, why don't you want to go to the bathroom? She pointed right at it. It's like right down the hall right there. And she goes, it's because of the mama girl. I'm scared of her. And I go, who's the mama girl? So Jackie starts asking these questions. And this little kid was saying stuff, four years old, was saying things that blew me away. She was saying that there's an old man there and he's looking for his wife, but he can't find her. And he just hangs around. He's not mad. He's not sad. He just doesn't know where she is. Talks about the mama girl who's kind of a bully and walks around the house saying, looking for her mom, 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 mom. You know, we don't think these two spirits are actually associated. So we went out, we went outside, had a break, and we started talking about this, you know, out of your shot with the, with the client. We wanted to, what is going on here? And Jackie said, that little, that little girl can see dead people. She doesn't know how to handle it. So we talked to the, to the client, the mom, and we said, can you see dead people? And you know, it was just a weird question to ask somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But in this line of work, yeah, it's legit. Mm-hmm. And she paused for a minute and she goes, I used to, but I shut it off. She turned it out. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, because it's terrifying. Yeah. You know, some people see dead people as they died, mm-hmm. you know, like tore up. You know, it's terrible. Some people see dead people as a sort of like sparkles. You know, they just see them all different. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, your daughter sees dead people. And she doesn't know how to handle it. She doesn't know how to process it. She can't turn it off. You're going to have to help her with this. You know, so we went back in and, you know, we were, we were doing the spirit box and stuff. And we asked them, you know, how many spirits are here? And they're like, 68 spirits or something like that. I was like, whatever. You guys are so lying to us. You know, and I was like, whatever. Well, come to find out, because the little girl can see dead people, these people don't know that she's just a little girl. They think that she can help her. Oh, so they're all coming out. They're coming out. Hey, give me, a, give my family a message. You know, yeah. I mean, even if the family died 200 years ago, they still want to give the family a message. It's like, well, you need to go where they're at. They're waiting for you on that other side. You need to go, you know, however that's done. Mm-hmm. But we explained to them, this little girl cannot help you. She doesn't know how to help you. She is four. She's a little girl. She cannot help you. You need to go somewhere else. Because somebody who can see dead people is like a, a lighthouse in the dark mm-hmm. to these, to these uh, spirits. You know, they, they're, they're drawn to that, hey, they can get a message to my Come family. To a flame, right? <laughs> yeah, they can help me. I don't know what they need help with, but they can help me. And uh, so this, we had to tell them, leave. Just go. Because she can't help you. You need to find somebody else. So... Later on, talking to them, it was, it was uh, apparent that everything had slowed down. The old man was still there. The little girl was still there. She's just a bully. She was still there, but everybody else left. But yes, it is hereditary. I mean, not every, like if a woman can see or, you know, if a parent can see dead people, 
Not all six kids can see dead people, but there's a good chance that one or two of them can. Yeah. That's wild. Well, that would make sense also that your son mm-hmm. got into this line of work. Yeah. 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 yeah we're kind of like drawn to this tor- sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's incredibly fascinating for sure. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, this stuff isn't supposed to exist. Yet, here it is. Right. You know, okay. You're telling me that there are there's no such thing as this happening, yet you just got a huge scratch on your back in an area you can't reach. Mm-hmm. Okay, it doesn't exist, right? Well, yeah. explain that. Did you do that? You know, we've had people like that. I mean, this poor girl, oh, she got scratched on the neck really bad. She's like, I don't believe in this stuff. And I'm like, well, what is that? You know, did you do that? I mean, yeah, she could have reached, she could have done it. But she's saying she doesn't believe in it. So what's going on? And then, but then later on, she got this scratch. I watched the scratch. It happened on the back of her arm from the shoulder all the way down. Very thin, like a cat claw went all the way down without breaking the skin. And I watched it. I said, well, there's something there. And then eventually you could see it start swelling up. Just a thin, razor thin strike, uh, scratch. And I, and she's like, I don't believe in this. I'm like, even after that, you don't believe in it. I mean, what do you do? You're like, well, there it is, you know? <laughs> she denied reality that this happened. <laughs> yeah, I think she just couldn't accept it. Right. You know, because it takes a little while for you to witness something that you don't believe in and process it. You had mentioned using a spirit box. Can you tell us a little bit about that, what it is and how it works? Yeah, there's there's a lot of different ones. So uh, we used to use the old shack hack, which was uh, a radio. And you got AM or FM and it just scans really fast. And it just, you know, through all the channels. And it picks up little bits and pieces of the radio. Uh, a lot of those are very susceptible to, you know, sort of you may, you, you hear something and you say, oh, that's a word when actually it's just garbled garbage, you know. Um, but at the same time, they're starting to develop better ones and better ones and better ones. Uh, the one I like is the SB7, which is just a little tiny like a like a transistor radio looking thing. If you're old enough to remember those, a uh, little tiny radio, and it's it's made for this. So it scans at different speeds. You pick the speed, but it does pick up AM or FM. And but the problem is, it goes from like you know the bottom of the dial to the top of the dial, starts all over again, up and down. Just it doesn't stop or it doesn't return. You know the, that one doesn't return to. A channel that just said something. It doesn't go back to it. Some of them do. And what we're hearing is the same voice over different frequencies. And so, you know, unless you're that lady from the progressive commercials, you're not going to have the same people on different channels all the time. So, you know, I like that one because uh, if you listen carefully enough, you can start hearing the same voices over different frequencies actually saying something that is along the same lines of what the questions you are asking them. Is there one particular tool that you guys seem to have the most success with? That one is pretty good. See, the, the, what I do with mine is I hook it into uh, what the, there's a guy named Steve Huff and he's got, he, he has a, a YouTube channel called Huff Paranormal. His older stuff was really good, but his newer stuff is like way over most people's heads. And he, he, he developed this thing called the portal. And what it was, was you had a noise cancellation guitar pedal. And you plug the SB7, the spirit box, into that. Because the SB7, if you watch them on TV, it's a lot of static. You know, sounds like that. Well, the noise cancellation actually takes all that static out. So now you're just left with, uh, 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 you know, so you hear the voices. And then 
it plugs into a, a reverb, a very adjustable reverb. And so the reverb actually stretches those vocal tones out. So instead of having, uh, 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 now you have, uh, 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 you know, you got full sounding words. You can actually hear the consonants and vowels and everything, you know, so that thing to me is like the telephone to the dead. I love that thing, but there are so many more that are out there. They all work differently. You got to find something that works for you, you know, that you can understand, you can record, you can listen to, and you can understand the words that are coming out. I prefer that one personally. So, but yeah, there's a bunch of them out there and, and, and they just scan. One of the theories I've, I have, because obviously that same voice is not coming from a radio station, is that there's a tension between the different channels. That once it's switching from one channel, switching to another channel, the first one is in a way pulling on the second one. Uh, some people say the static that's coming through, you got the carrier wave that's coming through radio stations. It's just a lot of static coming through and the radio stations take that out. You don't hear it, but it's there. And it's like, a. what did you guys hear? I heard some so, kind of... Like if something had fallen over or something. Or, or yeah. Something small? Yeah, yeah something, something small. small yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, but yeah, some people say the static is kind of like a guitar string. So the static is there and then you pluck it and it spits out something. So it's, we're not real sure exactly how it all works. Uh, we just know that there are some really cool anomalies that shouldn't be there that we need to pay attention to. Is there a particular place that you really enjoy investigating or is there a place that you one day, it's like a bucket list type of investigation spot? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I've been to a lot of different places, you know, the supposedly haunted type places. Uh, I've been to the Stanley. I stayed the night in 401 and... Okay. Yeah, it's haunted. It's got stuff going on. It's not that much. You know, you got to pay attention. Well, it was really based off of his dream. So I could see why it was just a dream. <laughs> but it looks spooky from what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool, it's a cool place. Yeah. Excellent restaurant. No doubt. You know, it's pretty neat. And it's a really cool experience to do their little ghost tour and go on an investigation at the Stanley. You know, it's cool. Yeah. But, uh, and I've been to the catacombs of Paris. Definitely haunted. Weird. That's Weird. So neat. Yeah. And I mean, it's like 150 feet underground, man. It's way down there. People don't know that. And the entrance is different from the exit. So when you come out, I mean, we came out, I'm like, where in the hell are we? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh my God. I've seen pictures and it's so weird because at first I, I remember thinking like, oh, that's a, that's a weird wall i was like what and then i saw that they were just bones yeah that there's parts where they're just literally stacked on top of each oh other. yeah i think it was i think it was the black plague that's when they started digging up all the cemeteries right. digging up all the bones because they thought the bones were causing the plague and they they took them down into the what they discovered in the 1700s or late 1600s i can't remember but they discovered these catacombs miles and miles and miles of these tunnels way under the city. I don't know how in the hell they found them back then, but they found them. And they were, that was actually where the limestone came from to build the city. And so it's an amazing place. And then they decided to store all the bones down there. You know, they didn't realize that it was the rats causing the, or the fleas mm. on the rats causing the Black Plague. But that's what they understood. And they stacked them up and they started getting fancy with it and making designs and hearts. <laughs> and, you know, they started doing crazy stuff and, you know, kind of disrespectful. But, you know, you get sort of a macabre sense of humor if that's your job for a couple of years. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You become desensitized, I guess. To oh, it, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been to the Capuchin Monk uh, crypts, which are not underground, by the way. Oh, no. They're actually, I think, on the second floor. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, I don't know what that was. That one was very strong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was not typical. Almost sounded like a pipe was hit or something and it was vibrated back and well, forth. I had, yeah. yeah. I had that. That was the area where I thought was like my bangs or something, but I was like, no, that wasn't my bangs. <laughs> oh, guys, this is, this is like the most unique type of interview. I mean, we're right here in the middle of a haunted room. Yeah, I really, I really <laughs> Experiencing things. For, yeah, I really thank you for providing a very cool spot. This is uh this is a one of a lifetime for sure. <laughs> this is, you see how see how you hold it together when something right. big happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what kind of experience our listeners are gonna have because we're like talking in the middle of the we're like, what the heck was that? What was that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. So is there a place that you have like a bucket list? This is where I need to go. It sounds like you've been to amazing places. Okay. You got these places, you know, like I said, like Stanley, you got the, you know, the catacombs in different places. Uh, They actually say the Egyptian tombs have, you know, some bad hauntings going on. The jinn, you know, the, 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 what we call that, um, like the Arabic demons, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd love to witness some of that at, at the same time. Yeah. You know, people are terrified of them. I'm like, I wonder how I'll, I'm going to hold up. You know, it'd be kind of neat to find out. Yeah. My favorite type of thing would be something I would like to investigate would be like the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island, you know, stuff like that. You know, they got this big hospital that is, they do tours in this hospital on Ellis Island. And that's where people would stay when they were injured or they were sick before they got to come into uh, the United States. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's a big hospital. You go there and you have the opportunity to buy this tour. You go on the tour and they take you into this place and it is absolutely haunted. And it is so cool, but they don't, I don't think they allow people to actually investigate it. Darn. Um, I would like to do stuff like that. I want to go to a perfectly mundane place and and see what kind of activity it has. You know, not mundane, but, you know, kind of a famous place. Yeah. I want to go in a White House. I mean, supposedly there's there's spirits there. They've seen Lincoln. You know, I want to see that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I want to, I say, Poor guy. All depressed. So, oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know if these are stories. Yeah. I want to find out. I want to debunk a lot of stuff, too. That would be really awesome. I hope you get to do any one of those, or if not all of them. I mean, yeah, kind of done a few sort of secretly, yeah. you know. <laughs> but I didn't have equipment or anything like that. You know, you're just sitting down there. You know, you got your little flashlight. You know, you want to... See if that'll turn on or not, you know, by itself, you know, stuff like that. You know, you get on there with the apps and things like that. And, you know, I've done that. And I think that's really cool. I'll be all quiet and stuff. Oh, it just said my name. You know, I can't tell anybody. I'm going to get kicked out of this place. But, you know, like I said, I'd love to investigate some of these places that don't allow investigations that have never been investigated. You know, not necessarily a huge place because that can become very difficult if it's a huge place and you're trying to find the hot spots. I can see that. Yeah. Well, and then I think it would probably take away a little bit from, let's say if it was like the White House. Now it's got, <laughs> it's got like a whole other association with it, which I mean, if we're it, like, if we're just being real, a lot of people do know about these spirits that are there and oh yeah i I believe it's dolly dolly madison was the one that put the rose garden in there Mm -hmm. and she's been seen in the rose garden oh that's amazing so you know that i mean i used to read these books when i was a little kid i just remember that you know you go to that little book fair and you buy the little books you know Mm -hmm. for 15 cents or you know a dollar or whatever it's all exciting hey i bought a poster of farrah fawcett and a comic book (laughs) yes yes and uh I would buy these books, ghost story books. And that's where I found out about the White House being haunted. And it's just kind of neat, you know, knowing that these 
places where you wouldn't think you, you, you always think of uh, a haunted place being like some rundown abandoned building. No, yeah. <laughs> hospitals are haunted for crying out loud. Right. You know, yeah. yeah, I would imagine hospitals are the most haunted places on earth. Because think about how many people die there every day. Oh yeah, yeah every day, so. every day. Um, there's I've heard so many stories from people that you know. My wife works in a hospital, and she's had activity in her office. Like things happen in her office, and she's like, "Ooh, I got to tell him about that." <laughs> and have you been allowed to go into her office? No, no. I mean, I've been there, but not to do that. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, most people, you know, when it comes to hospitals and stuff, they do not allow that sort of thing to happen. You know, because they don't want to scare the patients. Right. You know, I mean, Southwest General was kind of a odd, bar, uh, odd animal. You know, because they had uh, an operating hospital in the building. And they allowed ghost tours on, on different floors. Yeah. Uh, oh, they don't do that anymore? No, I don't think they do that anymore. I mean, it's like one of those things, I think it's an opportunity to to check into. Yeah, to explore. Yeah, to explore. Because I've heard so many stories come out of that place. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't want to be disrespectful to the families and the people that are in there. True. Yeah, I could see that. You yeah. know, just like, hey, lady, you're next. I know. We're going we're gonna to talk to you. <laughs> yes, exactly. You better talk to us when you... No, yeah. When we come back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now I sound like a horrible person. I know. No, 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 not at all. We just have a dark humor too, though. Yeah. So don't worry. <laughs> oh, well. So you mentioned that you used to like to get those books when you were really young. Have you always just been completely intrigued by... Well, you know what? I used to watch the shows. Like when the, when the shows came out, I mean, there was, you'd have experiences, but you had no outlet. You didn't know that anybody else was having these same experience. I mean, you knew people were because you'd heard the ghost stories, you know, around the campfire. You didn't know if that was BS or not. Then the ghost shows called Ghost Hunters. That came out. Oh, my God, they're catching some really good stuff. And they seem to be quite honest. And, you know, to me, I personally think that they are the most legit crew out there that I know of. And then you start seeing these other shows come out. And it's like, oh, my God, that was so fake. Like, I know that was fake. That was That was not even real. You know, you can see it's not real. And and it, it just, it diluted the whole thing. You know, it ruined it for everybody. Yeah. But I used to watch the shows. I used to love watching it. I used, and then I started doing this. I started doing the um, investigating. And so then I started watching it just for new techniques. And then now I know, I, I do my own techniques now. Oh. And stuff that my team thinks up and stuff like that they come up with an idea we'll try it yeah let's do it or even our guests when they come up with an idea and they want to try something yeah let's do it you know we do have time for that let's do it it may work let's do it and um but i don't watch the shows anymore right i don't because i live it yeah you know i do this every week you know that's wild but i'm sure this is one of those things where at least um jose and i have jobs where you're Monday is going to look like your Friday, as opposed to you, your days are never going to look the same. Oh, my, yeah. And, you know, yeah, don't get me wrong. I love doing this right. because if I didn't love doing this, I wouldn't do it. I love doing it. And, and it's just cool. I never know what is going to happen next, you know, but when I'm here. My house is not haunted. But, you know, <laughs> which is a bonus. Um, I got a quiet place to go. You know, but I come down here and I witness cool stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get to see this stuff and I know I'm not crazy, right. you know. And, you know, and the good thing is when I'm here with a group of people and I see something, they see something, even if they doubted that I was sane, now they know I'm perfectly fine because they're seeing it too. 
You know, so there are those people out there that think that anybody that sees a shadow figure is crazy. I was one of those people. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Yeah. Leon, thank you so much for yeah. being so generous with your time. If somebody wants to go see these spirits with you, join you on one of your tours, how could they go about doing that? So we got a Facebook page. We got an Instagram page. Uh, they're kind of linked up. Um, so if you go to either one of those, uh, El Paso Ghost Tours, uh, we do have the ticket link on there. It's on one of the pinned posts on Facebook and then on Instagram. It's right there, like in the website or just, you know, whatever it is, the description. So it's right there. Easy to do. Uh, 15 bucks plus tax uh, per person. We prefer to have 14 and up. But if you think your kid isn't going to need therapy afterwards <laughs> <laughs> and your 13-year-old is not going to be wet in the bed after we're done, uh, yeah, that's fine. You can bring them. Don't bring a, a, a two-year-old because that is not... Good parenting. Right. Um, but, you know, yeah, okay. Uh, we do have a military and law enforcement discount also. EM, EMTs also. Oh, cool. First responders. Okay. Awesome. So Anything else you would like to share with the listeners of Technically a Conversation? Uh, I'm good here. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> yes, thank you. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. We hope you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Yeah. Follow us on the socials at greetings TAC. Email us at greetings TAC at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669 if you have a story to share with us or if you just want to say hello. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs>